Hey, 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 hey. G'day one, g'day all. Welcome to another episode of Strange Days Broadcast. That's right. I'm going to start it off with a bit of news and uh, reviews, a little bit of health, and then we'll go into some bit of woohoo, all these other issues. Right, well, um, let's kick it off. I'm just going to do my usual, probably about two-minute intro, a bit of theatrics, and we'll get into the broadcast, guys. Right, let's go. Hey, welcome, hey, welcome to the room all. Yeah, good to see you. Okay, let's kick it off, eh? See what I've got lined up here tonight. First up on my little list, um, listen to the people sing to the American epilogue. Uh, listen to the people sing the American epilogue. This song is dedicated to all the patriots. Actually, that one was, um, I remember that one only cut out within about, 10 seconds or something. I don't know what bloody happened with that one. So I'll move along to the to the rest of it here. That's better. Okay, let's kick it off with this. The WEF, the WEF climate scam just got exposed with facts. Now this one goes for about 20 minutes. I'm going to play it for about seven. See how we go. 
you can actually all right you can actually find this one on youtube under that the wef's climate scam just got exposed with facts um this is through redacted news they're called i haven't heard much of these guys let's give it a go anyway freezing but still global warming uh, globalists and the World Economic Forum are afraid you might not be panicked enough about climate change. So their lackeys in the media are reporting on deep freezes, record low temperatures, snows, but they're worried that that will disrupt their climate narrative that the world is getting hotter. So they're letting us know that cold weather doesn't mean anything. Here's one example. Look at the front page of The Guardian this week. There's this freezing winter storms threatened to break records, but then look at all these climate change articles that they put on top of that, lest you think that maybe the world is not heating up. Now, if they were honest, they would tell you that there is climate change, but no scientist has definitively proven that humans or fossil fuels or carbon emissions have caused it. That has not been proven. Anyone who tells you that it has is lying. Uh, but there is a thing called climate variability, which is the natural cycles of change in the climate. I'm going to show you just a few. Uh, the media should be including this in their stories if they were honest, but they're not. Uh, those two things are not the same. Climate change is what they call our fault and climate variability, which happens. Uh, we do not deserve climate alarmism without hearing all sides of this. Now, am I saying climate global warming is not real? Well, of course not. The world has warmed since the industrial period. This is true. But there are indications that we, the world may be entering a cooling phase, too. And what if the media, just what if the media was so busy scaring us about all the heat that we were collectively then not prepared for the cold? Wouldn't that be worse? Shouldn't we hear it all? Uh, so let's look at some of the things they're not showing you. For example, are you familiar with the Atlantic Multidecadal Oscillation? Of course. The AMO? Oh, really? Would I mean, you like to give who me Who isn't? Who isn't? Yeah. Sure. The, the Atlantic Multidecadal Oscillation, that's where the ocean every 20 to 40 years variates by about a one degree up or down about every 40 years. Doesn't everyone know about the Atlantic yeah, Oscillating? I didn't read your notes. I know this. Doesn't everyone are you being sarcastic? I am being sarcastic. I know about it, but I, not everyone knows because about it. Because I started talking about it this weekend because I was reading Judith Because <laughs> we were doing but... research on it this week. Yes, no one knows about this. Okay. Right? Yes, I know. All I'm right. Sure. Philip, does the average person know about the AMO? Do you talk about this over pool? I know the AOC. Uh, I've, I've known about it for about 20 to 30 seconds, so... Um, <laughs> Okay. I don't know about anybody yeah. else. So the cool kids are not talking about it no. yet. Okay, Clayton is correct. What it is is a series of changes in ocean temperature that happens in about 20 to 40 year cycles, usually about one degree Celsius. What I'm showing you here is research from the NOAA Corps, the branch of the military that studies the ocean. They admit that this one degree shift has been occurring for at least the last millennium. Now, when you ask... Noah, is this a result of global warming? Uh, they say, well, studies have shown from paleoclimate proxies, which is a very imprecise science. I just want to throw that in there and we'll talk about that another day, that these oscillations have been observed instrumentally, 
occurring for at least the last millennium. This is clearly longer than modern man has been affecting climate, so the AMO is probably, probably a natural climate oscillation. Uh, they further say, though, that climate swings have camouflaged and exaggerated the effects by global warming. I'm not exactly sure what that means, that changes in ocean temperature are naturally occurring. We expect it, but it's been masked by climate change. How can that be? Well, there's a common thing that we all know about, bloody, it's called El Nino, you know? Of course, the bloody things are changing under the under the oceans as well. Do you understand? You understand, like, we're getting what we expect, but it's being exacerbated or masked. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Anybody? Of no? course, everything's no. I mean, look, changing. I can't, their logic makes no sense because they're they're... They're constantly trying to make their narrative work by omitting data points. Right. I mean, why do you think bloody whales and all these other ones migrate to bloody certain parts of certain waters? The whole thing because the bloody water's changing as well. But that there. makes no sense. If they're saying we expect every 20 to 40 years the ocean to get warmer and colder by a degree of one, and we are seeing that, but probably there's climate change mixed in there. We can't prove it. We don't think... Right. <laughs> Oh, you probably got a heavy dose of the old chemtrails, haven't you? Geoengineering up your way, mate. That's probably what's going on there. Right. That, that's not a data point. Okay. Right. Um, an... And there's zero data to support it. Yes, right. Zero. Um, another thing we should worry about is the increased, uh, current increase in volcanic activity. Uh, the models that the media and the World Economic Forum use to tell us about climate change are called the Coupled Model Intercomparison Project, or CMIP. I'm going to call it CMIP that's fun. Um, that's from the World Climate Research Program. Now, these models have a lot of variability and disagreement, but the ones that are used the most are CMIP 5 and 6. Neither of these account for solar variation. That's kind of important, right? We're talking about the sun and heat. Neither of them account for future volcanic eruptions and natural climate variability, such as the AMO. That's why scientists generally don't put a ton of confidence in these models politicians do it's weird right uh okay i'll leave that like i said you can go and check them out on youtube anyway redacted news very interesting next on my list according to the new daily australians must tighten their budget and expect rising interest rates as elites seek more immigration to prevent a recession oh yeah that's going to really help it when we've got a housing crisis here already the migration boom continues in Australia. Fan bloody tastic. They've done it. They've done this to fix the inflation mess they created when printing all that money to get the economy through the totally unjustified COVID lockdowns. Meanwhile, the large, mostly foreign-owned, corporations who benefited the most from COVID stimulus and spent those profits on pro-immigration lobbying to drive down your wages are making record profits while the Australian worker takes the pain to fix the inflation. This is a guy from the UFC, Sean Strickland. I've got a couple more of his things coming up as well. I don't think this is one. If I come across it, it seems very similar in the time strap. I'll just move on to the next one when I get to him. Sean Strickland, I'm not chasing the Chinese check mark of night. I'm going to war for you and your freedom. 43 seconds. But when have you ever seen 
a UFC champion. Your St. Pierre, anybody else, stick up for you fucking guys. I fucking do it. I do it. I am not chasing the Chinese check mark of Nike. I don't give up about that. I care about you guys. But when have you ever seen a UFC champion, your St. Pierre, anybody else? Oh, in the room, AMO. I'm not sure. I've never heard of the terminology myself. Um, she did mention what it actually means, the abbreviation. But, um, yeah, I can't go back now. You'd have to just quickly go after the beginning. Yeah, I just lost. Wasn't quite concentrating. But I haven't heard of that terminology either until she just mentioned that. Stick up for you fucking guys. I fucking do it. I do it. I am not chasing the Chinese check mark of Nike. I don't give a about that. I care about you guys. I care about you guys being free. I care about you guys having freedom of speech. I give a fuck about you guys. And I'll tell you what, you guys are fucking awesome and I cannot wait in this band to fucking go to war for you fucking guys. Let's go. Incredibly, French French farmers have now created a blockade on the highway of the A64 near Toulouse. Similar to their German counterpart, counterparts, French farmers are also fed up with the crippling globalist policies in the name of curbing climate change. Earlier this week, French farmers dumped more than a hundred trailers worth of manure and waste in protest. Now they are doing this. Do you support the farmers? I've got a video there, but it's just going to show you. You can't see that. So, breaking. World champion pole vaulter uh, Bali, 29, dies at home after medical complications. And they say he'd been ill lately. He was one of the top athletes in the world. Reportedly, he was fully vaccinated. <clears throat> US and the United Kingdom have violated international war law, according to the Russian FM Lavrov. Or Lavrov. Now, I'm not sure if this is in Russian or English. I'll just quickly check. The US, along with the UK and some of its other allies, have violated and trampled on every conceivable rule of international law, including a Security Council resolution that merely called for the protection of commercial shipping. Nobody gave anyone the authority to bomb Yemen. What is being done regarding Yemen is mayhem. The excuses coming from Washington, I would say, sound pathetic. Among these, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said that all countries in the Middle East want the U.S. presence in the region and for the U.S. to play a leading role there. However, Iraq made a decision several years ago that the American presence should end and they should return home. Most recently, Baghdad announced that the United States does not want to leave, although it has long been invited to do so. The new government has cut the budget to um, municipalities and regions' cooperation for Agenda 2030. And now during the Christmas holidays, they have removed the Agenda 2030 goals from the directives to government organizations such as the Swedish Energy Agency, the Swedish Chemicals Agency, the Swedish Agency for, Ma 
for marine for marine and water management and the Swedish Food Agency among others. Children with open fractures, partially amputations, open chest wounds and horrendous lacerations and burns and that was every day. Dr Deborah Harrington recently spent two weeks in a Gaza hospital. I feel ashamed, she says. I feel ashamed and shocked that we're doing this to fellow humans, she told me. I've got a bit of a um, audio thing here. I think it's in English. I'll just see. Dr. Deborah Harrington, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. You've just returned from Gaza. You are an OBGYN. And you went to treat women and children, I guess. This will go for four minutes. It's 13 minutes all up. And you can find it on Twitter.com under um, a, a man poor, A-M-A-N-P-O-U-R. And you can find it through that. What did you see there? Why did you even go? Um, I went because I've been to Gaza many times. Uh, I've been going since 2016 as part of a teaching group. I've never been in a conflict. Um, I've never been in these circumstances. And what I saw was um, in Al-Aqsa, which is in the middle area, was a hospital that was overwhelmed. Um, it was overwhelmed with numbers of inpatients. It was overwhelmed with emergencies, uh, trauma cases coming in all the time at a level that it simply wasn't set up to deal with. Um, and it had swollen to uh, massive numbers of patients, both inpatients, but also just displaced people. So there were thousands of people um, uh, taking refuge in the areas around the hospital, in the hospital. Um, the, normally there are about 150 inpatients um, and that had swelled, I think, while we were there to about six to 700 Gosh. inpatients and then another two to 300 presenting through the emergency department every day. So what did you notice most? Uh, are they women, children, men, fighting age, fighters? Who so I think, they? so I was expecting in some ways that this was a war situation and, and therefore I was sort of anticipating that there were going to be perhaps young men um, or, uh, you know, uh, all sorts of casualties, you know, across the whole spectrum of society. But actually what I overwhelmingly saw was, was children. And on, on one day, I was thinking, this is New Year's Day, and there was one moment where I just looked at my watch, and it was about two in the afternoon, and we had mass casualties coming in. And in fact, it was from a, a school shelter um, where there had been um, bombardment and uh, blast, um, and we had mass casualties coming in. And I looked around the resus room, which is where all the sickest patients uh, are taken, and out of the five patients in the resource room, four of them were children. One with an injury, with a horrendous injury, a shrapnel injury to the brain, um, weren't going to survive. Um, and then the other children with horrendous mix of, um, you know, open fractures, um, partial amputations, open chest wounds, horrendous lacerations from shrapnel to the sort of chest and, um, and, and head and burns. And... And that was every day, you know, looking around the emergency department. My overwhelming impression was, why are there so many children here? You know, there were so many children. And why were there so many children here? I don't know. Other than the bombardment, we were obviously taking casualties from the area immediately around the hospital. 
um, and they were coming in because those areas were being targeted, were being bombarded, sniper fire, um, uh, shelling, um, and that's what and that's what we were seeing. And you know, a- alongside the horrendous casualties, there were you know many people that kept, that came in dead, um, and uh, some of the scenes. You know, I I never expected to see. I mean, I thought I was really well prepared for this. I had you know thought about what I might see but 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 that st- struck me um and will live with me for can I ask you something you know you asked your question why do we see all this was there anybody to ask a question to were there Israeli soldiers around could you say don't target around the hospital why are you targeting was there any dialogue on trying to keep a hospital and so, shelter safe shelter safe um so no no di- I didn't see any soldiers um the um the team they were with so map um were in direct contact to deconflict you know the areas that we were in um so every day there was a check with the with the idf about where was where was safe for us to travel in where you know if the hospital was safe and then we had to be withdrawn on the on the last two days along with the our msf colleagues and that was because the area suddenly became designated as a red zone and that means that it you know is now an active how do you know it was conflict. designated who told so, you so so there are areas blocks um literally numbered and our security were in contact with the idf and they said you can no longer this is no longer deconflicted this is now a red zone in the area around the hospital hmm there you go but what's going on over in gaza there guys um Atlas Air Boeing 747-8 from Miami International Airport catches on fire mid air in midair. Oh my god, it's on fire. Oh my god. I'm sorry. It's on fire. Mom. Now, they never actually brought up, I can't check the link because I went through Twitter this thing and I'm banned from Twitter. <laughs> Go figure that one out. Yeah, it is sad what's going on over there. Absolutely. What happened to the Geneva Convention and all these other war crimes? Yeah, they reckon it's going to go on for into, into 25 um, Netanyahu's bragging about. Yeah. Absolute psychopathy, guys. Absolute psychopathy. The climate hypocrisy of globalism flying their private jets, isn't it? What a what a bunch of hypocrites. Flying their private jets into Davos to lecture us about saving the planet. What a bunch of freaking hypocrites. <clears throat> All right, I've got a bit of a read here, okay? Now, this one's about mixed marriages in the usurping Zion entity, a no-no according to Judaism. The Jerusalem Post has labelled mixed marriages um, the bane of much of world Jewry and a grave threat to the future of the entire Jewish people. Dr. Netanel Fisher, working on behalf of the Tumor's Central Bureau of Statistics and the Interior Minister, bluntly stated, the phenomena of interfaith marriage is not just a problem for Judaism outside of Israel, but of Judaism inside of Israel. Notice the lingo he's using. Not a problem for Zionism, but Judaism. Gershom Schocken, in brackets LA, 
former chief editor of the Haaretz for 50 years, called the Jewish ban on intermarriage a curse, extrapolating that like the prophets of the Torah, Jews should be allowed to mix with the people they're, they're conquered. And Shokin was a liberal, no different to that than a liberal Rabbi David Slav, clearly. The ban on Jew-Goy marriages has been um, consistently upheld throughout the tumour which mass-murdered Ariel Sharon, famously describing it in expectationally simple terms, there is a need for the existence of a Jewish state. Israel judge and former president of the Zio Supreme Court, Asher Grunis, defended the ban by um, quipping, human rights are not a prescription for national suicide. Oh, but it's okay for them to be behind all the national suicide of Europe, isn't it? Barbara Lerner Spectra for one. Hey, welcome to the room, old mate. By this, by his grandfather, the chief rabbi of Cardiff, Wales, who descended from the long line of famous, the Shashams, including Yitzhak Mir Alter, the Gir Esig dynasty founder of the Rashis. And speaking of the sages, they do have a final say when it comes to the marriage in the in the tumor. Israel chief rabbi, rabbinitz denies one out of every 10 Israeli Jews the right to marry, even if it's to another Jew. That's how stringent and demented they are. All right, that's enough of them. Said enough about them. Lego. Lego, my drugs. An Aussie cop sees 70 boxes of bricked bounty from criminal mastermind. Authorities down under nabbed an expensive Lego set after busting a 45-year-old drug dealer <laughs> who they received the toys as payment for narcotics. Star Wars, Lords of the Rings, Titanic and other pricey goodies were taken into custody. One model sees Han Solo's Millennium Falcon reportedly retails for a cool $1,299. This crook shouldn't have traded the Lego bricks for the drug ones. <laughs> Uh dear. The old cartel's getting into Lego now, are they? Um, in Australia, there's been a bank that's been fined eight hundred and twenty thousand dollars for false home loan letters. An Australian bank will have to cough up almost one million after it was criminally prosecuted for failing to provide accurate home loan information. The WHATU aura, the Watu aura to test AI for clinical coding and more briefs. Also, New Zealand Ministry of Health has come out with the two new vaccine management tools. Um, and while we're all distracted, the Watsu Aura, to test AI for clinical coding and more briefs, also New Zealand Ministry of Health has come out with two new vaccine management tools. New Zealand's Ministry of Health, which is targeting um, to fully vaccinate 95% of all children across the country recently announced two new digital tools for better management immunizations. My Health Record, built by redeveloping the old My COVID Record platform, now allows people to check their vaccination records as part of its first phase of implementation. Additional health information, including lab reports, will come soon, according to a media release. Another tool, the AOTRO or A-O-T-E-A-R-O-A, Immunization Registry, the AIR, 
was recently expanded to allow health providers and vaccinators to view an individual's immunisation history and identify gaps to offer them any needed vaccinations. They're really, really pushing it, aren't they, eh? London is suffering from a sudden wave of robberies and attacks. The police did an undercover operation to figure out who was doing it. It turns out none of the suspects are Brits. Interesting, isn't it? 15 foods you can regrow from scraps. Don't throw away those old potatoes. There are lots of foods that you can regrow from scraps. It's easy, free, and you don't need a lot of space to help fresh produce readily all year round. Starting, green onions. By plant the bulbs in a pot of um, or container, garden, so that the top of the stalk pokes out of the dirt, water. Kale. Once your kale plants are matured, clip off the leaves as needed, and um, starting with the larger leaves, at the bottom of the stem, then plant leeks. Save bulbs, and you can plant the bulbs, and then plant the bulbs in the ground with the stalks just poking out. Basil, cut the stem, keep a few leaves attached, place in a jar of water, and um, generate the roots. Then you can move the plant into a planter. Garlic, simply bury the cloves under about uh, an inch of soil and keep watered. The garlic is easy to harvest when it starts and to turn yellow. Potatoes. Cut the spreading potatoes so that each chunk has an eye, or, or a, known as a sprout. Plant with the eye facing up and cover with a few inches of dirt and keep moist. Black bok choy. Bok choy can easily be um, regrown just like a lettuce can. Celery. Celery can be regrown by saving the base and placing in a cup of water until the leaves sprout, then transfer into the garden or a pot. Rosemary. Cut a three-inch piece from the uh, mature plant. Strip the leaves from the bottom half of the cutting. Leave a few leaves on top and plant straight into the soil. Keep moist. Mint's the same, pretty much the same. Mint is fairly easy to plant, grow and spread. Just quickly on its own, you can regrow mint cuttings as you would basil. Ginger. Plant a piece of ginger root in a pot with the soil, water, and wait. Just wait for it to sprout, and away you go. Sweet potato. Sweet potatoes are grown a little differently than regular potatoes. To regrow sweet potatoes, you can plant the sprouts or the strips. Onion. Save the bottom piece of the onion that contains the roots. Uh, this one piece of onion can be used to regrow two or more onions. A couple of little garden tips there, guys. Have a listen to this lady. Hey, welcome to the room, Paul. Hey, Paul. Make apple cider vinegar because I'm out and it's just too easy. She's just going to go through for two minutes and just show you how easy it is to make apple cider vinegar. Easy not to make yourself. I'm just going to use this two-gallon drink dispenser. I have a big bag of scraps here. You can see these are apple peelings and cores. Just dump those right in. Honestly, that right there is probably just about enough. But I also have these that had gotten super bruised, so I'm going to throw them in. I'm going to do another half-gallon jar as well. And I'm still going through the apples I got at the farmer's market. But I have done this just fine with uh, apples I got at the grocery store. This is the last bit from my last batch of apple cider vinegar, and I'm just pulling out the mother to show you. It's that, like, gelatinous bit, and I'm going to toss it in here to kind of speed up this one. 
I just cut off the really bad parts. But any that are bruised are just fine. And I'm going to fill up this one also. Awesome. This part is so easy. For every cup of water, you're doing one tablespoon of sugar. This stuff will probably start fermenting pretty quick. Last one. I actually probably didn't leave enough headspace. When you are fermenting, headspace is so important. And by headspace, I mean this room right here. Because when this stuff gets going, it will just bubble up so much and it can even bubble over. Headspace usually includes about oh, a good two, two and a half inches roughly at the top. So if you need to keep these like in a bowl or on top of a plate or something to help with cleanup, do that. Fermenting weight. Just because any of the apples that are above the water can mold. Loose lid, not all the way tight. One apple just slipped past the weight, but that's okay. And if you don't have a weight, you can just use a Ziploc bag full of water or the water and sugar mixture and put that right over the top to weigh down your apple bits. I'm going to find a big rubber band to put on this because this actually has a metal lid and you don't want to use a metal lid when you're making vinegar because vinegar and metal reacts. And the big one. <laughs> So I will check on these every day. I might even stir them. We'll see how these two do versus this one because you can already see because it had the mother and everything in it from the last batch. But this step takes two weeks. After two weeks, that is when we strain out all the apple bits and then we're gonna let it sit another two weeks. So I'll show you the next step when we get there. Now we're gonna work on the overnight apple butter. Hmm, there you go, pretty basic really guys. Easiest way to find true north. I mean, most people would know roughly the time of the day where north would be with the sun, which I do. But um, for those that don't, you can just place a stick in the ground and you just um, mark the location of the shadow from the stick at the top. And then you wait about 10 minutes. And, and then what you do, you mark where the shadow falls on the next spot at the end of the shadow of the stick. Then the shadows move westerly, obviously, because it rises in the east and sets in the west. So the first mark indicates the west, and the second mark indicates, obviously, the east. Stand between the two of them, and you will find true north. Next to my little list. Now, this one goes pretty quick, so I'm going to have to try and do this. All right, I've stopped it. The truth about cayenne peppers. Regular consumption linked to the bowel or sorry linked to a lower risk of all cause all cause and heart disease related deaths it's um cayenne pepper is actually high in nutrients like vitamin c vitamin b6 vitamin k potassium magnesium and vitamin a the body can convert vitamin a well it's actually called pro vitamin a and the body can actually convert pro-vitamin A into vitamin A, which is necessary for well, this goes into that. <laughs> it's just a weird setup, this one. It's necessary for immune system function, vision, reproduction, growth and development, and bone health. And the source of um it's called capsaicin which helps with pain relief it's also better i can't quite read this bit better athletic performances as well lowered blood sugar levels it's a source of flavonoids and carotenoids which acts as an antioxidant and an anti-inflammatory <clears throat>
a good way to do a chicken house. So this one's on a bit more of a bigger scale for a farm, but I'll tell you another one after it. I'm not sure. I haven't seen if he's got anything to say about his structure on this one. Check out this novel approach to chicken farming that's changing the game. Unlike the traditional stationary co-ops, these chickens live in moving enclosures, offering a stark contrast to Dong's treadmill method where chickens walk a million steps before heading to the table. Here, they use a reverse strategy set on expansive grasslands. The farm employs mobile, floorless poultry houses. Each of these large structures can accommodate up to 6,000 chickens. Powered by solar panels, these enclosures gently move across the fields, allowing chickens to forage on fresh grass while avoiding overgrazing any particular area. Inside, chickens enjoy all essential facilities like automatic feeders and waterers. The diet is enriched with fresh grass and insects, encouraging natural feeding behavior. This constant movement ensures even distribution of manure, naturally fertilizing the soil. It's actually a great technique. It's probably one of the best I've seen. Um, you can make a different one as well, just out of your own um, old swing set, actually, is a really good one. Um, you can get uh, just a couple of old, uh, which makes it easier. You can use polypipe, just put polypipe all around the bottom of it, um, just just below, so you just drill a, a drill and a, um, a screw or a bolt straight through, nut and bolt, and you have it so it will slide easier on the ground than trying to, otherwise you've got to lift it up because the metal, obviously, and the swing set will just stick in. So you just put that around on either side. Um, I like to do it with, the, you can get the curved ones or the polypipe, you know, the usual 90 mil, and um, it's actually one I've been meaning to do myself, but I just haven't got around to it. So you just get your polypipe, do your 90 mil. You can actually make the base up first, then bring your swing over, put your bolts through, whatever. Just have it a touch off the ground. So you now you're sliding, if you can imagine, your polypipe instead of your actual, um, yeah, the metal butts on your thing. Or you can actually put bicycle wheels on it from a kid's um, training wheels or something like that if you've got them laying around. Just drill the hole there, pretty basic to put on. There's got a little bracket on the side, two bolts, and away you go. You can wheel the thing around and just cover the whole thing in some... Um, what I was planning to do actually was um, semi half and half, like um, a bit of halfway down on one side would be a bit of shade facing the north, so they get shade of a day, a bit of shade cloth, and also a roller um, of tarp that will go from one side to another for rainy days, so you can roll it down. Or if it gets too hot, you can actually produce more shade for them. Pretty basic setup, really. Chicken wire over it, as you can imagine. The door, you could even put a um, a wooden thing to the door if you can imagine where the um, on your pyramid side the triangle side of it just um on the angle you could just um tap your your wire to a bit of wood and just put a little little bit of a hinge on there or you can just use a bit of wire and tw twist it around and when you want to go in open it pull it back and in you go and shut it on the way in use your imagination i mean it's and you can just roll it around every day so you, you can just go around your backyard if you haven't got any got a small backyard even if it's just across and back cross and back you're fertilizing your 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 ground as well at the same time and of course you can just put the little water buckets put the water buckets closest to the way it's going to go on that side and then of course you're not in there every time you want to move it or you can put a little bit of a hook and um, watering system in there as well um, just inside it you know you can even use polypipe just um, fill that up with water at the top put a hole you can fill it up with water and put a little dripper that comes off into a, um, a little basin that sits off the ground you won't even have to go in there pretty much you can put your eggs right near the door and put the um the hatch box at the at the side. Just use a um a big like ten liter plastic container that's very light. 
they'll go in there so you can virtually have everything off the ground as well while you're moving um just pull your thing across as you go and away you go free manure and the chickens get free range at the same time buddy i do a little setup cost you nearly nothing just an old swing set you know you can even use it with an old trampoline if you could imagine a similar setup as well the only thing is it's not so high that's all so anyway there's little things you can do tricks of the trade guys that's for sure but that is a really good farm farm setup that these guys use and i've seen that one before I've seen actually some very similar to each other now this one's about the light spectrum it's called eating the rainbow sunglasses spf lead light bulbs eye color and our hair as an antenna enjoy now this guy is going to have to be a published one so what i'm going to do is give you a taste because he goes for an hour or just under an hour so what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you a taste of what's going to come up on a published episode. Um, I'm going to give him at least probably five, what's the, how long have I got here? Okay, I'm at the 40 minutes. I'm going to give him five to seven minutes, okay? I've only heard a couple of minutes of him so far. And everything's in, he goes through, first 45 seconds, he goes through light history. Then um, for another 140, from 145, he goes through best lights and home, issues with LEDs and color spectrum, and then sun gazing, and then we'll leave it at that. Then after that, he goes into fluorescence and antennas, which takes us up to eight and a half minutes. He goes into infrared, incandescent lights. Then he goes into cars and color spectrum. Then he goes into street lights and the change, eating the rainbow base and color spectrum. Then eyesight and nutrition, sunsets and colors, the benefits of the sun, eyes and each side of the brain. Third eye, obviously the pineal gland. Eyes and sunglasses, another big issue I brought up actually about sunglasses the other day, and um, also with burning of the skin. Uh, but I don't think he goes more into the eye spectrum of the sun getting into the eyes, I've no doubt. Dragon's blood and jojoba oil, illnesses and 1,000 names, hair as an antenna, green eyes, eyes changing colour, hair colours and eye exercises. Pretty full on, guys. So I'll publish the whole thing, but I'm going to give you the first three. Let's have a listen. It's taking a second. It can impact our health, also impact our mind, and how it relates to eyesight. This is a great book for anybody who wants to get into learning about the benefits of light and the healing properties of light and how lights can be very beneficial and how lights can be very toxic. It also can impact the eyesight. Which, when we get into our eyesight, you know, we've talked a lot about the lights, we've talked a lot about the LEDs, and we've talked about the dangers that come with the LEDs. And today I'm going to kind of go through some lights and show you guys some different things with lights today. And then we're also going to go through this book. So, you know, this is just a great book. If anybody wants to look into the healing properties of light, this is a great book. You can also add Health and Light by Dr. John Ott. And it's interesting, too, because... Dr. John Ott learned from Jacob Lipperman. Jacob Lipperman produced his book in 1927 that talked about how light is the, the ability for us to heal. And it's interesting because when you go back into the 1820s and 1850s... His book's called Light, Medicine of the Future, the author he just said. They actually used to use stained glass windows to heal people. Remember all of the stained glass windows that used to be in the windows? They actually used to use those to heal people. So for the new year and for new topics and shining the light as everybody's in here talking about, we're going to talk about light. You know, and these are 
these are topics that we want to get into because these are ways to heal our body and then also elevate our terrain. And our lights play a very big role. If we have the wrong lights in our house, we impact every cellular function in the body 24-7, 365. Because every time you turn on those lights, they're impacting every cell. So when we get into lights, we want to stick to things like incandescents and halogens. Those are the most important lights to bring into the home. Now, I know because of the ban, it is challenging to find incandescents and halogens, but you can look online for incandescents and halogens. You want to avoid anything that's LED or fluorescent. So the fluorescent spectrum of light actually emits x-rays the entire time. That's why they actually used to put lead in front of fluorescent bulbs to block the x-rays. Now the problem with the LEDs, when you get into the LEDs, is the LEDs, what they do is they have a light-emitting diode. So if you guys can see that, I'll kind of put that like that. This is the same light-emitting diode as the light bulbs in the sh on the street. So think about the light bulbs on the street, the street lights. That's what an LED is. And the problem with this is the flicker rate is about like 4 billion. It's something absolutely crazy. And it's linked to a lot of seizures. A lot of people have seizures because of the LED bulbs. Now, the other problem with the LED bulbs is they emit radio frequencies. And those radio frequencies can mess with our mind, mess with our heart, and also mess with our eyes. LEDs are linked to cataracts, according to the AMA. And this is all stuff that can be found online, if you look it up. And also the book, The Invisible Rainbow, by Arthur Fistenberg, which goes into the dangers of radio frequencies. So if you bring these bulbs into your home and you place them throughout your house, you will have a bunch of radio frequency light bulbs pinging the entire time. This also starts to connect you into Li-Fi. Not Wi-Fi, Li-Fi. That's the Internet of Things connected through lights, where lights will communicate amongst each other and connect into appliances such as your fridge, such as your stove, you know, such as everything else that's in your house, all connected with your lights. It starts to get really weird because that's a tracking system with light bulbs. So we want to avoid anything with LEDs just because LEDs are just toxic to our body. And when you have one of these, it's like having a street light in your house. So this is the first one we're going to show. Next, we move into different types of lights. And I just don't want to drop anything here. But what this book goes into is talking about different color spectrums and how we can use different color spectrums to heal. And if you think of nature, what do you think of? You think of green, the green color spectrum that's coming from nature. So green can actually be very soothing. And this book goes into talking about how this is why we go through all the different seasons. You think of all the colors you see through the different seasons. You have winter, spring, summer, and fall. And you have different color spectrums that come from each season. So the body begins to heal because it gets different color spectrums each season that allow the body to heal and be invigorated. So, for example, you have the white in the winter, which calms the body and allows the body to restore itself. Lots of blue as well in the winter, which allows the body to restore itself. Then you go to the spring and you have a lot of green that starts coming out. And then you move into summertime and you have a lot of red. 
You have tons of sunlight, tons of sunlight, and all that red and all these beautiful colors, and those invigorate the body and get the energy going. And then you go to fall, which... It's funny he mentioned red. I've been using red light therapy through a... Um, it's actually a heat massage um, thing. It's a bit like a hairdryer, I, I explain. It looks like a hairdryer with the nozzle cut off it. And it lets that infrared. And um, they reckon it's it's really good even to put on your ear, believe it or not, because it um, penetrates into your pineal gland and these sort of things for energy releases and if you're into that, energy points. And, um, yeah, you can go through. It's great for your back, a bit of um, relief for your back um, problems and aches and pains as well and stimulates, you know, or, um, surgeries or injuries, um, penetrates deep into the muscle tissues and things like that. Another good one off off topic is castor oil, believe it or not. That's a really good healer for um, all sorts of aches and pains and strains and that sort of thing. You start turning to browns and oranges, and then you go right back to winter. So color spectrums can actually be very beneficial, and that's the whole point of why we go through our seasons. And same thing when we're doing sun gazing, which now we move to another color spectrum, which I'm trying not to drop these bolts. But when we move to another color spectrum, we move to sun gazing, which gives us lots of yellow and orange and red. All those beautiful hues, which are very beneficial to the eyes, that help also decalcify the pineal gland and open up the third eye. But yellows, reds, and orange can be very energizing, while blues, on the other hand, are very calming. Notice the blue room? Calms the mind instantaneously. First, if I was wearing a yellow t-shirt or the color of McDonald's, which is Black, red, and yellow, those colors are very intense. They're very invigorating and come at you. So same thing when you're looking at the sun, you're getting a lot of these different color spectrums. And it's interesting because they say that yellow actually deters bugs, which is fascinating when you get into the color spectrum. But this is an incandescent bulb, another one that's very healing. And the whole reason we want to stick to the incandescent bulb is because the incandescent bulb is very connected into about all of the spectrums. Now you can look into a full spectrum light bulb. That would be your best of your best that you can get. Full spectrum bulb so that you can get the whole spectrum of color. Because when you look into LEDs and fluorescence, you're missing a lot of the color spectrum, especially a lot of the red. There's not a lot of red there. Okay, well that's a bit of a taste to him. I'll have him up tomorrow, no doubt. It goes for another um, just under 50 minutes, so nearly an hour. They're very interesting stuff right into that. I'm glad you, you mentioned The Electric Rainbow. It's a, I got that book. Um, it's a really good book, actually, to read. Now, this is the real reason they are going after the farmers. Coarse anal Schwab is telling people to eat insects. In the end, you will own nothing and still be happy. But Mr. Coarse anal Schwab will own everything. So protect yourself, guys. Listen to this. Because Klaus Schwab telling people to eat insects, but he also say, at the end, you will own nothing and still be happy. But Mr. Klaus Schwab will own everything. So the story, he will never eat the insects. He will force the poor people to eat insects and fake foods and produce hyper, uh, hyper-produced foods, you know, with a lot of... Um, chemicals inside and or yeah. and they force the the, the, the po- yeah poverty of, upon people will, will bring them to the fact that they have to buy this kind of food because they can't afford the rest and uh, by by 
breaking down family farms in the Netherlands, food security will be uh, at high stakes. So it is like uh, communism where they take from the they take from the poor people and only the rich people, the elite, they, they are the ones with all the power. Well, actually, control, it's very yeah. it's very painful to say, but the free and democratic country known all over the world that we have very free laws and very free people that travel everywhere and make agreements all over the world are now forced in some sort of pattern that we are yeah, as your communism can be, it sounds like communism. Uh, they Cli are climate climate communism. Climate communism. Climo <laughs> Como. That's what bloody sure. Yes, honey, honey, honey. Honey is a medicine. Honey for a cold. One tablespoon of honey with one tablespoon of lemon juice. Honey for detox. Half a tablespoon of honey. One cup of herbal tea. Honey for sinus. One tablespoon of honey. Two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar. Honey for weight loss. One tablespoon of honey. Half a tablespoon of cinnamon and three drops of lemon juice. <clears throat> honey for a <coughs> cough. Eight tablespoons of honey, four tablespoons of lemon and honey for a toothache. One tablespoon of honey and one tablespoon of cinnamon. Scrolling up here. My little list. Now this is um, some information I've gathered, my own notes, and this is about um, regarding the belly button oiling. That's right, the belly button oiling. The belly button and the, it's called Pechotti method, P-E-C-H-O-T-I. Do you know that you can put different oils on your navel? Our belly button is an amazing gift that our body has given us. According to science, the first part created after conception is the belly button. After it is created, it joins the mother's placenta via the umbilical cord. Our belly button is an amazing thing. All our veins are connected to the to our navel, which makes it the focal point of our body. The belly button is life itself. The pachote is behind the navel, which has more than 72,000 veins. The total number of blood vessels we have in our body is twice the circumference of the earth. To lower the temperature in babies, they use they used to put a cotton swab with alcohol in the navel. Now we know oil is better. However, the medics want you pumping your precious baby full of paracetamol, which can go on to lead to other issues. They've even made cowpaw strawberry flavoured to entice the children to sip it up. Applying oil to the navel treats dry eyes, poor vision, pancreas, peels um, and cracked lips. It keeps face shiny, hair healthier, joint pain, chills, lethargy, joint pain, dry skin, and so much more. Apply neem oil on your navel to get rid of stubborn pimples and acne. Apply, apply almond oil to your navel to help achieve a glowing face. Apply mustard oil on your navel to remove dry and cracked lips. This will also keep the bowel moving to eliminate harmful bacteria. While keeping the good, this really works like a light detox. Apply olive or coconut oil to improve fertility. Oregano oil in your belly button to help when you have a cold, flu, or a stuffy or runny nose. Castor oil, which I swear by. 
Castor oil is great for a stomach ache, IBS or constipation. You put a few drops directly onto the belly button and massage for a few minutes around the navel area. Sesame oil is used for all kinds of joint pain. It's also known that it strengthens bones. Lots of parents use on their children every night before bed to prevent growing pains. Use ginger oil for stomach discomfort, bloating, nausea and digestive problems. Using hot oil improves blood flow to the nervous system and also improves the immune, digestive and cardiovascular system. Thyme oil is anti-spasmodic. It helps to relax the arteries and veins, reducing blood pressure and heart stress. May also help strengthen and tone heart muscles. Also used as a diuretic, thyme oil is really good. It can help your body remove excess water, salt and toxins from your body, which helps with weight, blood pressure, digestion and more. Thyme oil is also an expectorant meaning it can help eliminate airway and lung mucus. Thyme oil is approved by the E-Commission of Germany to treat bronchitis, mucus and inflammation of the upper respiratory tract. Remember, the thyme oil is a powerful compound and should not be used directly on your skin as it can cause sensitivity and irritation. First diluted with a carrier oil, such as olive oil, coconut oil or almond. 100% Therapeutic essential oil is what you are looking for. At night before bed, put three drops of castor oil on your navel and spread one to five, one point five inches around your navel to for um for period pain. CBD oil is also very effective for an um gynecological issues. <laughs> Why does the pechote work? Your belly button. <laughs> I always feel weird when I say belly button. I don't know what the hell that's all about. Your belly button can detect which veins have been dried and by applying oil, these nerves open them up. Remember, the pharmaceutical industry started in 1885 and the Pachoti method was discovered 3,000 years ago. We didn't really ever need Big Pharma now, did we? What do you reckon about that? Didn't know that much about your belly button, did you? <laughs> now you do. Now you bloody do. More client testimonies from the Fulvic, I recommend. You can see more in the group at Facebook. Read studies and get premium food grade Fulvic. Look at fulviclove.com. Food grade in its purest form, without any added 100% bioflavorable water soluble tested for safety on every batch. Public COA available at link above. Go check them out. Fulviclove.com. Let me tell you a bit. Fulvic has changed my life. My hair, my nails. My, this is not me. This is someone else. <laughs> uh, my hair, my nails, my gut, my brain fog. My life is better on fulvic acid. But not just any fulvic. Thank you, Megan, for showing me this incredible and highly quality supplement. There you go. Fulvic acid. Next on my little health list. I only wear I Okay, now this is... This is about eye, eyeliner and mascara. I usually wear this every Friday night when I go out, guys, if you know what I mean. I, eyeliner and mascara and found that the best thing to remove them is an eye, well, to remove the eye makeup and makeup in, uh, is the essential oil 
Castor oil, another one. Castor oil is such an amazing oil, guys. You look it up. It's just unbelievable the things that this thing does. I rub it on eyes, then take a hot cloth and wipe my eyes and face. Helps my eyelashes grow longer and thicker too. That's right. Bees keep the honey at 37 degrees Celsius with bee honey. Heating above 47 degrees Celsius can start to cause harm to the honey. That's right. The only toothpaste that should be used, and I use it myself. Now listen to this. You can load if you like. Or you can just go around in a circle and mesmerize me. Anyway, if she's not going to load, I'll just bloody tell you. Coconut oil, guys. I think this lady mixes a touch of lemon with it as well. I usually add a pinch of bicarbonated soda or baking soda. Um, sometimes you get spearmint or peppermint drops if you like a bit of freshen up. But um, just coconut oil itself is just amazing. Swish it around too. It's a good pulling and antibacterial agent as well. Um, I'm pretty much, I'm not sure what she mixes with hers on this one. But here she goes now, I think. Okay. She's not going to open. Oh, Oral health care is important to your whole body functioning. This is why we switched to homemade coconut oil toothpaste and ditched the store's toxic toothpaste. You're going to use one-fourth of organic extra virgin coconut oil. Yeah, she's using baking soda as well. I, I haven't let this Baking one, soda, yeah. two teaspoons. I recommend using a really good quality salt. So I use Redmond's Real Salt. Okay, she has and you're going to do one teaspoon of that. Mix it all together. Put it in a glass jar. And it'll last for about three weeks. And you will be amazed with the results. Yeah, pretty much the same as me, but without the salt. I usually have salt anyway. Daily, I have about five grams of salt. Highly important, guys. A lot of people drink a lot of water, but you're just flushing it out, you know. You need salt, a bit of salt will help absorb water. A lot of people don't realise that. It's the same when they take turmeric, you know. You've got to have cayenne pepper. Well, you should have black pepper, actually. There's a certain reaction that it has with black pepper. Otherwise, if you have turmeric, you're pissing, you know, about well, getting it out of your body <clears throat> either way. You know, nearly 70% you're flushing out. You know, you're losing a lot of benefits of turmeric. So next time you have turmeric, mix a bit of black pepper with it. You'll get the full benefits. Um, also, um, oh, well, it's called Orgini oil, O-R-G-E-N-I. Now, I haven't heard of this one. I thought she might have meant oregano, but um, it's called Orgini oil. It's supposed to help with pain. And turmeric helps with inflammation, of course, yeah, which I just mentioned turmeric. But like I said, a lot of people don't use turmeric the right way. I mean, cayenne pepper is very close. They they both got cumin in them, so they're pretty much much the same. But uh, both very very beneficial either one. Anyway, hey, welcome to the room, Anna girl. How you doing? We'll have a call in in about ten minutes. If anyone would like to call in, if not, I'll just continue on with my little show up. There's a book called The Healing Power of Grapefruit Seed. That's right, grapefruit seed, guys. It contains everything you need to know about it. I would really recommend you get it because it's GSE or grapefruit seed extract is not only for fungus, but also a good for bacteria, viruses and parasites. Many years ago, my doctor told me to get it. And ever since I had only positive experiences, 
I also gave it to my dog to keep him free from parasites. Now, there's an interesting one I haven't heard for parasites for dogs. My doctor. Now, um, if this is really true, this would be an absolute must for everyone to have um, every couple of months because parasites, guys, if you go into the... Uh, I don't really want to talk about the realm of parasites. It's quite disgusting. But you'd be surprised what you're riddled with, guys, and what sorts can be in there. It's not a very pleasant place. I personally use... Uh, where are you? I'm just going to find it. Uh, I just had it here. Uh, what did I do with it? Oh, I need a secretary in here. I can't find the bloody jar now. Oh, I just had it here freaking yesterday. I was just telling someone about it. Ah, someone might have wanted it more than me. Ah, oh, damn it. Anyway, I don't know what the hell happened to it. Ah, oh, sh got shit everywhere here. I wouldn't know where I bloody put it now. Anyway, it's um, it was from a. It's what it does. It paralyzes them, which I find better. Hey, welcome to the room, all. Yeah, so it's a Indian herb. Oh man, it's now it's got me. I've got to just have a quick look here. Where are you? Oh, I don't know. It's probably fallen. Ah, oh, it's probably fallen down the back there. I'm not going to go doing freaking demolish work at the moment, guys. I just bloody had it yesterday. I don't know where I put it. Oh, uh, if I find it, I'll put it in the notes later. Oh, bloody mystery. The Borrowers. I'm sure I've got those little monkeys called The Borrowers. Never seen that movie? I'm sure they're bloody lurking around here. I'm telling you, driving me bloody crazy. It's Tenjuani or something like that it's called. And I use that as a parasite because what it does, it's I think it's better because it actually paralyzes them, paralyzes the parasite instead of killing them, which can be very toxic if you do it too quickly, I think, if you're killing them because it's letting out toxins, you know, shit, pretty much, poop. So the paralyzing one and what I protocol about, I use it and about three hours later, I get a really strong dose of um, magnesium powder because magnesium powder is a <clears throat> very good laxative, if you know what I mean. Comes at your bum like a bullet in a gun. So I go down that protocol, paralyze the little monkeys, and then I flush them out with some bloody uh, magnesium um, and water. Uh, probably about two tablespoons of that to half a glass of um, uh, water and just flush that down in my guts. And about within, make sure you're close to the toilet, guys. I wouldn't do it if you're rushing out the door to go to work or something because you want to be close to the toilet. <laughs> I can tell you that now. <laughs> Uh, very interesting, but great for constipation too, magnesium powder. All right, next, my little list. Okay, so that was the one many years ago, my doctor. My doctor also, okay, was a, okay, the doctor was also educated in homeopathy and is also totally against vaccines. She told me that she was almost unable to work because she was sick as a dog. Um, so she said to herself, if, uh, Oh, no, that goes on to another thing. Oh, that's about a personal life. Oh, that's all right. I won't read that. That's a personal shit. All right. Now, this is, um, the, that's pretty much, uh, I don't think I've got much more in the way of, um, yeah, I think I'm going into the bit of the woohoo and craziness after this one. I think this is the last lady. I'm not sure if she's into health or what. I'm pretty sure. Hi, I'm Canadian. Where oh, no. We're trying to. Okay, this is where things go back onto the old strangey daisy wazies. Have a listen to this. She's from Canada. Okay, well, that was my little health bit for the um, evening. Next, so I'm trying to do this now. I'm trying to do a little bit of the world news here and there, and then I'm going to do some health tips and tricks and a bit of gardening, and then we go into the strange and bizarre and the weird. 
Hi, I'm Canadian, where we're trying to make it almost impossible to get any kind of vitamins or supplementation, but it's totally legal to have up to 2.5 grams of heroin or methamphetamine. Hey, I'm Canadian, where if you disagree with our political views, we'll call you a white supremacist, freeze your bank accounts, and beat you with horses in the street. Hey, I'm Canadian, and we don't like opposing views here, so you actually can't even watch independent news media on social media platforms, and we're about to take down podcasts and even Netflix shows that the government doesn't like. Yes! <laughs> Hi, I'm Canadian, where it's way easier to get medically assisted suicide than an MRI or psychotherapy. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, love those little freaking jokes like that. All right, let's go into the based. Um, this is the based UFC fighter. He destroys the white Canadian reporter that's in interviewing him. I've got two parts of him here. I played one little bit earlier. Um, got to see if these load. These are on a different format. They must might take a second. They're not very long. One's I think two minutes, and one's about forty seconds. That's why I was a bit worried that the forty second ones. I tell him I forgot his bloody name. <sighs> Trying to think of his name. Anyway, it's just a recent interview with him, UFC Thanks. in Canada. Sean uh, Neil Davidson from the Canadian Press. Welcome mm. to Canada. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, fucking the Canadian Press, man. Were you a uh, were you a, uh, a COVID bank account stealer too? Were you on board with that? No. I, uh, Are you left wing or right wing? Were you a were you a Trudeau? We got one of the, we got one of the fucking commies with the press. We got to know where this man stands. Were you non biased? I think I'll ask the questions here. Oh, he thinks he'll ask. Oh, we fucking know. Maybe I should just pass on this motherfucker. He's gonna go back. He's gonna go back and fucking give my bank account information to fucking Trudeau. <laughs> well, it's probably a good bank account. Uh. <laughs> yeah, he really gets up, and that's for sure. I think this one goes for about two minutes. This is the one I'm thinking of. Uh, we've got a pretty supportive gay and lesbian yeah. community in this city. I did want to ask you something you wrote a couple of years ago. You said if I had a gay son, I would think I. Could oh, look another another. I'm saying the swamp, you guys, the swamp. You become a champion, you become a star, and, and someone's. Let me ask you something. Are you are you are you gay? No, are you? Are you? Let me. Are you gay? Can I get an answer? Well, not asking. I'm, this is part of, Are you are you a gay man? I'm an ally of the community. Okay. If you had a son and he was like, you know, you had a son he was gay, you'd be like, oh man, you don't you don't want a grandkid. No problem with it. Oh man, well, you, dude, you're a weak fucking man, dude. You're like, you're part of the fucking problem. You elected Justin Trudeau. Like, when you fucking, when he sees the bank accounts, like, you're just fucking pathetic. And, and the fact that, the fact that you have no fucking backbone and, and as he shut down your fucking country and seized bank accounts, you asked me some stupid shit like that. Go fuck yourself. Move the fuck on, man. No, that doesn't really answer the question, but I did want to ask also things you said about the trans community. You said, uh, this past October when they announced the Bud Light sponsorship that you'd go so hard on Bud Light in your next fight, they'll have to accept me or denounce me. When uh, when they know what and we'll know what they stand for. Are you this guy's like that. This Canadian's not that Canadian. Are you still going to use your fight time to kind of speak on that? Here's the thing about Bud Light. Ten years ago, to be trans was a what a mental fucking illness, and now all of a sudden, people like you have fucking weaselled your way in the world. You are an infection. You are the definition of weakness. Everything that is wrong with the world is because of fucking you. And the best thing is, is the world's not buying it. The world's not buying your fucking bullshit you're fucking peddling. The world is not saying, you know what? You're right. Fucking chicks have dicks. The world's not saying that. The world's saying, no, there are two genders. I don't want my kids being taught about, you know, who they could fuck in school. I don't want my kids being taught about 
you know, their sexual preference. Like, dude, this guy is a fucking enemy. Uh, you want to look at the fucking enemy to our world? It's that motherfucker right there asking these stupid fucking questions. <laughs> well, there you go. Don't hold back. Yeah. Now, this one's about the um, January 29th coming up. There's a... Messages this, on there. Now, this is, an Ameri- this is an American one. It's about a convoy being planned. It's through North Carolina, Florida, Texas, Texas border, Arizona. Um, it's a bit of an update here for you um, Americans. Check this out. 29th coming Freedom, up. all that. They're, they're in. They're going to leave the convoy. They're going to be pulling out of Virginia Beach on January 29th. That's so going to be Monday, January 29th. We're about a week away from that convoy beginning. And they're, gonna, they're just going to stop in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. They're going to be driving through there, hooking up with Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. Um, there's going to be a little, little press conference that takes place down in uh, downtown there, and then they're going to continue on to Jacksonville, Florida. So they'll arrive in Jacksonville, Florida that evening of Monday, January 29th. That's going to be an overnight stay. Then they're going to move to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That'll be another trek. And there's going to be stops along the way. We're going to have all this posted on the website. Uh, there's there's different reasons why it's not posted yet. Um, some of the locations we don't want to uh, share that location just yet um and we're, we're working on midway stops for fuel and restroom breaks and uh, that will be on the website so just just keep checking back for updates and um, you'll, you'll be seeing those the closer we get to the launch of the convoy we got the, got the general area so uh, jacksonville florida to baton rouge on tuesday january 30th wednesday the 31st you're gonna leave out of baton rouge and arrive in dripping springs texas dripping springs about 30 minutes outside of austin right austin's the capital of texas uh, this is going to be going to be an exciting uh, couple days in Dripping Spring. They're going to stay over Wednesday night. Thursday, we're going to go in convoy around the Capitol, right, where Governor Abbott is and all the other folks in Texas that are, that are making the calls about our border. We're going to drive around. This is all peaceful. This is a peaceful assembly all the way through. We're not blockading. Uh, we're following all laws, local, uh, you know, state, federal laws, traffic laws. Uh, we're going we're to be working uh, very diligently uh, with, with different folks to make sure uh, all those items are handled there. But we're going to go and we're going to we're going to rally around the Capitol. We're going to we're going to drive around the Capitol. We're not going to go on Capitol grounds. You know, there are going to be folks on the sidewalks there waving flags. We're going to you know be talking to folks. But we're going to drive around the Capitol, make our presence. Home. And then we're going to go back to Dripping Springs that evening. We got a pep rally that night. You're not going to want to miss the pep rally in Dripping Springs. It's going to be a Colonel Phil Waldron's one shot. It's a distillery brewery he's got out there in Dripping Springs. It's a uh, it's kind of like a war room for a lot of these guys. Lieutenant Colonel P. Chambers, he lives out in Dripping Springs, too. And, you know, uh, several I was is invited to one shot that night for an exciting pep rally. That's going to be Thursday, Thursday evening, February 1st. And then we're going to leave out and head to Eagle Pass Friday morning. That's February 2nd. Friday morning, we're going to leave. Uh, it's about a three-and-a-half-hour drive southwest. We're going to arrive in Eagle Pass. we got a location there. It's about a 45-acre private ranch, right? So we don't got to worry about, you know, permits and you know, all, all that other stuff. Uh, we got some private property down there. Uh, we're we're going to post up, get situated, have a warm-up rally that evening. And then uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday, February 3rd, that's when the main rally is going to take place, right down there in Eagle Pass uh, on that same ranch. Uh, and simultaneously, there's going to be two other rallies going on. You know, uh, uh, Mark Anthony, you'll talk about Yuma, Arizona. That's that, that flyer. we got an updated version you'll see on TakeOurBorderBag.com. TakeOurBorderBag.com. Uh, it's going to be Yuma. Arizona, right? And again, I'll let him talk to that. And there'll be another one in San Ysidro, which is just south of San Diego, right there on the border in California. So three simultaneous rallies happening all on the same day, Saturday, February 3rd. And let me just touch on this real quick. There's going to be, when the, when the convoy gets to Dripping Springs Wednesday night, Thursday morning, there's going to be uh, a lot of folks that are going to stay in Texas and go to Eagle Pass. There's going to be a lot of folks that are going to continue on and go to Arizona. There's going to be someone else leading that, that convoy from Texas to Arizona. 
He's going to stop in Las Cruces, New Mexico for a night. There's going to be a little pep rally there. Uh, more information to come. There's some exciting things developing in, in that area. All right. Now, we're right at the hour and 15-minute mark. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to put a quick um, two-minute song on. Just have a quick break. I've got to shut my bloody blinds and um, adjust me. Um, I've got a new air neutralizer. I just want to check the color of it, and it's got a color code on it, see how the oxygen's going, and turn it up a touch. Um, actually, no, I've got to turn it down a touch. Just getting that little bit noisy in the background. It's just a little bit loud. And, um, yeah, so that should just give you enough time. We'll get back. Yeah, anyone's most welcome to call in then between now and the next 45 minutes, uh, as you please. But um, so don't mind me. I'm just going to continue when I get back. And if, yeah, once you see the song end, if you want to call in straight away, you're welcome. Or you've got 45 minutes to play around with, you know, go make yourself a cuppa and come back and have a yarn or share anything you'd like to share. Nothing in particular, guys, whatever you like. It's your platform, okay? You be the voice, you know. Even if you want to have two people you want to talk to on here, you know, and catch up, I'll sit back. I'll not. I'll, Follow me nails, I don't care, cut them, I don't know, might even do all sorts of other crazy stuff in the background, you know, so let's do it, let's have a quick break, and um, I might just put a little song on for about two minutes, I reckon, yeah, that's what I'll do, that's what I reckon I'll do, okay, alright, I'll catch you in about two minutes, I'm going to sort this stuff out in the background here.
There you go. I couldn't end it a minute ago. I had to let the whole thing play, guys. What have we got to request? Oh, type it in. Well, let me go through it myself and just have a quick look. I've got a little bit of a write-up about it, actually. Um, let's have a listen to this, okay? I'll read it out to you. It's called Listen to the People Sing. Now, I don't know if that's the name of the band, The People Sing. And it's called The American Epilogue. E-P-I-L-O-G-U-E. Listen to the people sing the American epilogue. This song is dedicated to all the patriots who have worked tirelessly defending this nation in its current state of turmoil. Influenced by a musician, uh, influenced by a musical about the French Revolution, this piece was orchestrated and performed to reflect the present-day American Revolution. Um, it's under Rumble, actually, so you can type that heading that I just told you under Rumble. And it's called Rumble, and it's under Listen to the People Sing, the American Epilogue. So that's how you can find it, mate, and you'll be able to listen to it yourself again or download it somehow through Rumble. They also have a website. It's called truthsocial.com, and um, you can find them there. And um, so that's all the links I can give you in there, mate. Yeah, I hope that helps. Yeah, nice song, eh? I only come across it the other day, and um, yeah, there you go. All right, let's get back on track here. Let's get the buckle on the track. Now, where is that little folder of mine? Where are you? Oh, didn't even go to the bottom. I thought, oh, here we go. I'm going to spend five minutes scrolling back up. All right. Now, do you remember yesterday the guy that told um, the WF to well and truly F off on stage? Now, I'm still not sure if that was a, a set up, you know, staged or if it was real. But he's back again the following day. Now, the interesting one, he's got an apology to say. This one's a bit weird because he's got a black eye. Now, anyone that's been around the conspiracy things know about this left black eye thing. It's apparently a worm that they put in there. It's something to do with the occult crap. Very weird. So he's turned up the following day now with a black eye. Very prominent black eye, mind you. Now, listen to his apology the following day. Check this out. So I played I him yesterday. And said some things that I should not have said. And so yesterday I stood on this stage and said some things that I should not have said. But we all deserve a second chance. So I would like to apologize to absolutely no one. None of you were elected to show us how we should live our lives. All of you motherfuckers took your private jets to show up to this meeting. So don't lecture us about the environment. I ain't eating bugs. You can eat these nuts. And once again, you and your fake climate agenda can go fuck. Well, there's his apology. Very peculiar with the black eye, though. I still don't know if this is legit or not. I have been looking around the traps and I haven't heard a confirmation. I mean, anyone can put the WEF logo in the background and pretend, you know, these days. It's not that hard, you know. So I still not 100%. Take it as you will, though. I still find it fascinating and entertaining. Every true patriot needs to be armed. Check this out. This is from the new... Um, it, it explains itself, I think, I, I remember. He's a sheriff, I think, or a police uh, enforcer. Leader say you now, should be pack coming up, the sheriff department... This is from Florida. This, this, this guy's um, got his head screwed on right. Check this guy out. He's coming up for the sheriff department coming up for the sheriff department to warn citizens in Florida 
three Florida sheriffs, oh, sheriffs, oh, three Florida sheriffs been telling citizens it's time to arm yourself. I think it's time we listen. Three Florida sheriffs, guys, listen to this. I think this is freaking awesome. Fox 35's Brian Scott is here now with more on this bold suggestion, Brian. Yeah, three sheriffs in the area are now standing together on this one, saying terrorists, active shooter, whatever the situation, they want citizens ready to step up. If you're not afraid of a gun, get one. The message from Polk County's top cop, crystal clear. Become proficient, get a concealed firearms license, and carry it. And if you need to shoot somebody, shoot them a lot. Sheriff Grady Judd's going public today with response to attacks around the world and here at home, telling citizens they need to step up. The armed assailant doesn't plan on you fighting back. He plans on having a gun, doing all the shooting, and you're just the setting duck where the ducks need to shoot back. And if not a gun, something to defend yourself and those around you. A bold stance. Be prepared to serve as the first line of defense. Very similar to the one Brevard Sheriff Wayne Ivey went viral with two weeks ago. That video now up to nearly half a million views. No matter who you are, what your position is on guns, there's no denying the fact that the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun or a knife is an armed and well-prepared citizen or law enforcement officer. And tonight, Volusia County Sheriff Mike Chitwood is also stepping up. He tells me he backs Judd and Ivy on this one completely, <laughs> adding, there's not enough police in America to stop all of these threats. Just one citizen stepping up, he says, could make the difference. So the stance clearly popular among those local law enforcement. On social media, though, the reaction's a bit more mixed. Some praising the message, others saying it's not helping, even some saying it creates panic. Mm -hmm. Live in the studio, Brian Scott, Fox 35 News. Hmm. I think you'll find crime goes down more the more that the civilians are armed. Crime goes up when they're disarmed. It's pretty much a proven fact around the world, guys. Next on my little list, rapper Kane West has had titanium. That's right, titanium dentures. Guess what? Kane West has just had titanium dentures put in his teeth. Guess how much, guys, it cost him. Just have a guess off the top of your head. All right, you know the usual dentures, what they usually cost? I gather a what? Three or four thousand? I'd gather. Never had them, I'd gather. These come to a whopping $850,000 worth of teeth dentures. They are more expensive than diamonds and were created by Kane West himself, who has already compared himself to the famous James Bond villain, Jaws. Hmm... Maybe when Noah taken the mercury out of his feelings, a little bit creeped into his brain. <laughs> oh, and they look pretty gross, actually. <laughs> a little bit weird, guys. There's a cancer. It's called, this is from Australia. And I've actually taken for the last two days this pill form, powdered pill form. It is from a plant only in Australia called, um, it is called the Blushwood Berry, also known as Fontania 
Picros Pen Maya. Chris Picros Perma. And to think I was nearly going to take up um, horticultural sort of um, aspects. And I'll tell you what, you need to be a bloody rocket science to pronounce some of these names of these plants, guys. I'll just stick with Blushwood Berry. Second day on it, guys. All right. This was actually on mainstream media as well. This is going back a couple of years ago in Australia. And I forget which news it was on, Channel 7. Yeah, seven, Channel 7 News. Cancer cured in 48 hours. Blushwood tree. Okay, have a listen to this, guys. Good job. Thank you. The words cure and cancer don't often go together, but a single injection of a berry found only in Australia's far north is now thought to cure many types of cancer. It's been tested on animals at death's door and now on humans, making tumours disappear in just 48 hours. In the depths of the Queensland rainforest grows a small seed with huge potential. <laughs> this is an extraordinary drug. It's a unique drug and it really is something quite different. Derived only from Australia's blushwood tree, EBC46 is a molecule that can fight cancer. A full tumour destruction within seven days. Following astonishing results shrinking solid tumours in animals like Oscar, world-first human trials have now begun. For melanoma sufferer Denise Powell, joining the trial was a chance to avoid amputation. My cancer surgeon said, I can take that one out. If you get any more, then you might lose an arm. Instead of more surgery, EBC46 was injected directly into the tumour in Denise's armpit. Less than 20 minutes, the tumour had gone purple, then black. Then within a couple of days, the tumour just kind of shriveled up and died. This first stage trial is using safe, low doses, but even early results look promising. Surgery treats most tumours, about 60% of them worldwide, and to do that you need an operating theatre. But with EBC46 you could go along anywhere. When injected, EBC46 triggers an immune response, activating white blood cells to attack the tumour and shrinking it to nothing. So far, the treatment targets solid tumours such as melanomas and cancers of the head, neck and breast cancer. If this rainforest remedy is found to be safe and effective in humans, it could offer a whole new treatment option for cancer patients, especially the elderly, who can't face another round of chemo or go back under the knife. The second, larger phase of the trial begins next year. Dr Andrew Rochford, 7 News. Now, I'm not sure what year that was brought out. I heard that last year early, so I haven't seen any follow-ups. I'll do a bit more study on it and see what I can come up with. Hey, welcome to the room, uh, newcomers. I've got an open line if anyone would like to call in. I'm at the hour and 30 mark right on the dot pretty much. So I've got 30 minutes left of the broadcast. I've got enough material. But if you feel the need to call in and have a yarn or just want to express anything, website or your own or a, a show or, yeah, anything... Or you just want to get something off your bloody chest and someone to hear your voice. Anything goes, guys. The platform's yours. All right. Next on my little list. Very interesting. I will follow that up, though, because um, I got, I've actually got the bottle from... You can get it on eBay. I'm not sure about Amazon. I can't remember. Actually, I'm not sure if I got it on eBay or Amazon. I've been looking through both of them lately. I'm pretty sure it was eBay sold it. Um, so, yeah. And if you have any trouble getting it, um, you know, just contact me if you can't get it into your country or something's going on. I might be able to work something out on my end for you. All right. 
Um, Russian encounters UFOs and aliens. Now, I'm going to play four minutes of this and just have a quick listen to this one. These are quite long. Actually, you can find this on YouTube. So I'm going to play you know, three or four minutes and you can go watch, watch it if you're into these sort of things. It's under the name of Christina Gomez. It's Russian encounters with UFOs and aliens. Now, there was one with the... I hope they bring it up. I was talking about this today. And funny enough, it fell on my lap again. I didn't even know I actually oh, had this one. since this weekend, so... Now, she's going to ramble on, I remember. I've only listened to a couple of minutes, so I'm going to forward her a touch. There was this really interesting one with the Russians went underwater, and they come across these big um, humanoid-like beings. I think they were virtually see-through, like a um, squiddish, like, you know, those deep-sea sort of animals. And, um, yeah, I'm hoping, and I've seen the photo of underwater, so I'm going to skip through for a second. Let me bring it in, Mike. She's faking it, everybody. She's fine. Come on, come on. She looks wonderful. If it will do it, it probably won't. I'm going to not ask my question. I like the way that you went around it. You. Come on, glowing object was widely reported. Um, and okay. they also said that rays were shot down at the ground oh, this from is... this object, and okay. I find that very. I want to find the water one. Um, it appeared in the upper. Yeah. Called the object descending even closer. No. So we had multiple residents, and they saw a bull. Oh damn. All right, guys, just go check it out. It's an interesting one because it goes for bloody an hour and a half. This this little documentary thing. So it could, and this is loading. It's not even, you know, an eighth of a an eighth of where it should be at. So I'm not going to get there. Uh, what a shame. Reports at the time, the timeline of the sighting in the sky is confirmed. Okay, he's going to go on the sky ones. All right, if you're interested, I go check it out and scroll through and look at that one because I've. Um, that was a really interesting one of underwater um, contact with these beings. I think there was about, I don't know if it was three or, or no, there was, I think it killed three divers because they tried to capture one of them and it wasn't too happy and stunned them with like an electrical magnetic field. And um, I think only one of them survived to report the um, the tail. Yeah, there was, I, I think the beings were about nine foot in the water, sort of like a mermaidy sort of, yeah. I think they class them as a male-looking figures. Anyway, a very interesting report. That was documented in, in um, Russia. I'll just have one more quick forward while it's just nearly halfway to see if I can come across it, which it might not do. Sometimes it has to load the whole thing to go that far forward, yeah, which it looks like it might be doing. Anyway, I'm going to scramble on here. But it looks like it has got it because it's got underwater in a very fascinating one. That if you want to look at anything to do with UFOs and aliens, especially underwater ones. And it was documented in the Ameri in the Russian thing. Eh? There's an interesting discovery in um, South America. Ancient Mysteries, Anomalies and Discoveries in South America by Brad Olson. I really enjoy his... Go and look him up um, on YouTube, Brad Olson. He's got a lot of things to talk about. Um, so you can find that under that title, Ancient Mysteries, Anomalies and Discoveries, South America by Brad Olson. I'll just play about four minutes of him, give you a taste. The whole interview or the presentation of him goes for half and an hour. These figures on the NASCAR well, plane are... I've just got to go back a touch. That's it, because I've already played a bit. Did Conrad Murray, the doctor held responsible for Michael Jackson's death, confess oh. that someone... What's this one? Oh, that's different. Wait there. What, what's happened here? 
Oh, I've gone fully touched. Gone to the next one about my brain that I covered in Bolivia so much. Okay, check you can out. see Couple the whole spine of the Andes, uh, and just off screen would be Terra del Fuego and southern Patagonia, where this journey will end. But as we start zooming in, let's assume we're coming in from outer space to come have a look at some of the mysteries of South America. This is what we might see as we approach on a bright sunny day. And as we get a little closer to the Altiplano of Peru, we'll start to see these geometric lines, which are quite unusual because Nature does not create these perfect straight lines, not in megalithic form, not in long, straight right angles as we see here. Hey, slightly. Welcome, As we come in closer to Nazca, this is a collection of the Nazca Plain. And these figures on the Nazca Plain are truly remarkable because they do contain... Uh, many animals that do not exist around this area of Peru at all. So you'd have to go to uh, different parts of South America to encounter some of these uh, animals, which is really amazing because how did the people of South America have this information? How did they know this? How did they and we're going oh, to get into that a little bit here. Just one second. I'm looking for... Okay, because I'm, I'm going to start running out of timer. Yeah, got um, just over 20 minutes left. Anyone like to call in, you're most welcome. That's, um, yeah, you can find that. Really look at him up. Like, um, not just that alone, but he's he's a really good presentator. And um, he's, a, he's a nice nice chap, you know. He looks like the sort of bloke you can just have a talk about anything with. He's got a real good personality about him. Brad Olson, guys, on YouTube. Um, now, this is a little bit woo-hoo about Michael Jackson, the people that are into that sort of thing and the music industry and all that. Did Michael Jackson's doctor admit that Michael is still alive? There was an interesting one I brought up a, quite a few shows back that one of his close friends said that he'll be coming back in this year. Something he would said is something like, I think if he was dead for 12 years, I think it was, that he will, he will return after 12 years. And this has been going on for... Long time, he hasn't just brought it up to a woo-hoo, you know, everyone's got a new thing for this year and blah, blah, blah. He's talked about this for years, apparently. And um, he's adamant that he's coming back this year. He um, he staged his death with another gentleman that was dying. And um, he, that was actually a close friend of his and transformed him into be the Michael Jackson. And um, because of his fame and that, he just wanted to get away from everything. And he's going to make a return this year. Take it as you like, guys. Take it as you like. Have a listen to this guy. I think this is the doctor he brings up at first on this one. Conrad Murray, the doctor held responsible for Michael Jackson's death, confessed that someone else died in Michael's place. Murray stated, he was dead, but it was not the same person I saw, thus implying that the deceased was not Michael Jackson. I left, I left his bedside around 11.25. Well, normally when I left him, his, he was on the pillow. And when I came back... Um, he was in a different position. He was he was no longer on the pillow. He had moved down, lower in the bed and closer to the edge. But he was there, but it wasn't the same person I saw. 
According to this story, a look-alike stunt double named Dimitri was buried in Michael's place. Dimitri, who was already near death, allegedly helped Michael with his fake death plan and was buried in his stead. If you're curious about the details of this story, click on our biography to watch the full video. That's interesting because this is what Michael Jackson's close friends said as well, unless he got the information from that. But it's interesting. I never heard that about the doctor's statement as well. Yes. We don't call it strange days for nothing, guys. <laughs> this is about Bigfoot and tele telepathic, um, you know, things that happen around this Bigfoot um, character. And did you know that there's a, um, a Bigfoot that's apparently been... Um, that molested a lady and she just gave birth to a baby, she says. That's right. News getting around. Now, I can't quite look at it um, at the moment. Yeah, I probably can. I'll see if I can just find if it's a boob tube or something. You can probably go and just type it in. Um, oh, yeah, I, I sent a link. It's actually on Bit... bit no, not BitChute, is it? Um, no, that's a different one. It's on YouTube, I think, Addicted Park. Um, I get I gave birth to Bigfoot. Here we are. It's on YouTube, so you could type that in, guys. I gave birth to Bigfoot, or Bigfoots to the Bigfoots. It says, yeah, I gave birth to Bigfoots. <laughs> so anyway, I haven't even bothered looking that one up to be honest with you. It's just like whatever. She had an affair with a Greek or something. I don't know. You know, I had a Bigfoot dream the other night. No, it was happened? a weird dream. I was Bigfoot in the dream. Okay. And I was with other Bigfoots. Nice. But we didn't talk. We communicated telepathically. Yeah. But then I was able to travel in and out of this dimension to where, I don't know, it like wasn't this dimension. It's literally ninjas of butterflies in a dream. <laughs> it's all just meshing together. Dude, dude. no, but like I, w I woke up, I'm like, that's how, that is what the Bigfoot species is like. Weird. They yeah. can travel in and out of dimensions yeah, and they can telepathically. That. No, but I was convinced of it when I woke up. <laughs> Next on my little list. Atlas, oh, actually, I bought this up here. Oh, my here. God, it's on fire. Air Boeing, that's right. Oh, my God. Oh, that was that one, yeah, the Atlas Air Boeing 7478 from Miami International Airport catches on fire. I never heard anything more about it, not that I really dug too much into it, if it actually crashed or if it landed on fire. But yeah, it looks like it's just on the front of the, the wing there. It's quite a bit of a flame going on there, that's for bloody sure. Well, like pockets of flames bursting off it as well. Whew. Look at that. Did Michael Jackson have a connection with Epstein? The same bloke's going to bring this little bit up. That's um, well, it doesn't go for long, I don't think. Michael Jackson's minute, innocence minute. continues to be vindicated. Recently, the world has been captivated by the Epstein case, which has implicated many celebrities. Despite the media's tendency to exploit Michael Jackson's name for its popularity, a key eyewitness, Virginia Giuffre, who was one of Epstein's victims, has spoken out about Jackson's innocence in her statement. Giuffre acknowledged meeting Michael Jackson, but emphasized that he never sought a massage from her, reinforcing the narrative that Jackson never engaged in any misconduct with children. Beside the demonized Hollywood actors and political devils, Michael's innocence was shining like the sun. Hmm, there you go. Just from one of the, I guess you'd call them sort of cool girl girls, young girls.
or the abused. Now, neurosurgeon pioneers Alzheimer's addiction treatment using ultrasound. You can find this on actually YouTube, so I won't play it if you're anyone interested in that. 60 Minutes America. 60 Minutes American neuro neurosurgeon Ali Rezae, or Rezae. Oh, I reckon I've heard of him before. It's R-E-Z-A-I. I'm sure he's been on bloody um, talk shows. And this is someone else I'm thinking of with the same name. He's, he's pioneering his way to try and help people with drug addiction and with Alzheimer's disease. I will, really wouldn't mind looking into that myself, but it's it's a YouTube connection. I haven't actually got the video or audio format on this, and if I press that, it's going to take 10 days for the bloody thing to load. But, yeah, I um, um yeah, I often wonder. I, I've come across a lot of Alzheimer's um, in my previous work dealing with the elderly, elder care and that. And um, I did find satin drugs played a big part. After a year or two on that, I, I slowly but surely seen a deterioration in their brain function, um, especially when it comes to um, uh, cholesterol tablets. I've mentioned this a couple of times in my shows over the past, and um, they have found a study I come across actually last... No, it was actually a couple of years ago, about three years ago, that there was a study done that has a high connection between these satin drugs, well, namely the... Um, anti-cholesterol drug and Alzheimer's. So that was just not just my own observation. And I actually thought that before I come across the studies. So that was in a you know, medical journal, actually. You could probably find on um, start page search or um, whatever search you use apart from that Google thing, <clears throat> whatever private search. Now, this one's a little bit of a jovial thing. I've got enough time. Bugger it. I'm going to play for five minutes and that'll take me to 10 minutes left. I like this guy. I forget his bloody name. This is on YouTube as well. It's called Women's Boxing Just Became More Exclusive. He's a bloody funny character. He does a lot of little skits here and there. Have a listen to him. You can find it on YouTube. Women's Boxing Just Became More Exclusive. If you've heard of him before, you'll pick up on his voice. He's got like gingerish longish hair with a beard. He's a freaking funny character. He goes into all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, just takes a minute to load. I'm hopefully in the next coming weeks going to have the music guru on. If anyone's heard of him, I've played some of his songs as well. He's got a new album out. Actually, it was a really great song I heard today on that. So I've, big chief has given me a contact on him and, um, he's happy to come on my show. It's just a matter of me just still sorting myself out a little bit and yeah, just, um, sharpening my myself a little bit more and getting some things out that I need to do. If anyone's heard of him, I'm sure you'll be excited about that show. And I'll let you know more details, probably about another three weeks before I organise that one. So that'll be a really good one. Probably the most famous person I've ever had on, really. Um, yeah. And then I've got another one, another person as well that's pretty up there and pretty well known, actually. Oh, shit. Okay, let's see what's happening here. The volume's gone right down. Here we go. Well, I'm a women's boxer now. Did you hear the good news? USA Boxing just announced that men can box in the women's division. <laughs> That's right. I can just punch women in the face now and everyone's all right with He's a bloody funny character. He's got like a training bra on and a bloody pair of shorty shorts with American flag on it. <laughs> a freak show. <laughs> well, not just any man can compete in the women's division. 
only men who lack the mental stability to not understand what their actual gender is. Like me. Because if you're going to have men committing violence against women, I think mentally unstable men are the safest ones to do it. I've been boxing for 20 years now. I took it up when I was a kid. Oh, I should also tell you, I'm a woman now too. I took that up last week. I don't know. If you've been following my sporting career for a while now, you'll probably have noticed that I just seem to coincidentally change my sporting interest anytime a new sport allows men who call themselves women, as I do, Start competing in the women's division. First, it was swimming. I won every race. Then it was powerlifting. I broke every single world record. Then it was jujitsu. I broke every single opponent's arm. And if there's one thing I like more than competing against women, it's mercilessly beating the living shit out of them. And now, thanks to USA Boxing, I can do that by competing against them. <sighs> USA Boxing says the purpose of this policy is to promote fairness and safety for all boxers. Thank you, USA Boxing. I do need more safety and fairness in my women's sporting endeavors. Finally, someone is standing up for men's rights to have women's rights too. <laughs> ah, one time when I used to be a man last week, I might have thrown a few dozen jabs and hooks into my wife's face. Then I finished her off with an uppercut. Pretty good. She didn't get up. Then the police came and arrested me. I wish society had the same policy as USA Boxing, because then in that incident, the law would have provided more fairness and safety for me. <laughs> I used to box men, not anymore. F*** that. Do you know how hard men hit? I don't want to be punched in the face by a man. It sucks. Instead of that, I'd rather have a woman try to punch me while I'm definitely punching her. Between you and me, you don't even really get hit. Doesn't hurt at all. But according to USA Boxing, I guess women like to be punched by men. I don't know why. It hurts. A bunch of women must have petitioned USA Boxing to let men punch them. I guess women hate getting punched by other women the same way I hate getting punched by other men. <laughs> I guess it's like sex. If you're straight, you're not going to want to be banged by another guy. You'd much rather be banged by a woman and vice versa for women according to my calculations. What do I have to say to the haters who think it's unfair for men to box women in the women's division? First of all, for the life of me, I do not understand why anyone would think it's unfair. Because advancements in the scientific fields have shown that there aren't really any physiological differences between men and women. For example, of how there's no detectable physiological differences between men and women in their power output. Consider Clarissa Shields. She's the number one ranked female boxer in the world. Undefeated. Here's a video of her sparring someone who's considered, at best, an average male fighter. Dad? Oh! So, as you can see, when she got knocked into another dimension... Oh, yeah, that's right. I think that's the woman she ran out to a car and grabbed a knife or some bloody thing. Her brain trauma caused her to fall straight down to the ground. And if a man got knocked out, he'd fall just like her. Larissa Shields, impressively the number one female boxer in the world. And as you can tell by that video, she won't be for long. Hey lady, can you come zip this up for me? Got gloves on, can't do it. Let me tell you something, my friend. When it comes to health, I think there are two types of people. Number one, those who sit around hoping for the best. And number two, 
those who take control of their health to give themselves the best possible health outcomes and wellness. Now, I might be an idiot in many regards, but when it comes to my health, I am not. So I am in group number two. I like to take control of my health. And red light therapy has earned its way into part of my daily health optimization practices. This is the Supermax panel made by Bond Charge. Makers of a wide range of holistic, evidence-based wellness products that help you optimize your life in every way, including red light therapy. The evidence-based science of red light therapy is impressive in my personal re That is a bloody trip. I was only just talking about that I've been doing that myself earlier in the show. I didn't even know he was going to talk. He's actually being serious, I think, now. <laughs> I hope so. But yeah, I've been doing red light therapy myself. What an absolute freaking trip. Results are just as impressive. Red light therapy has been shown to have anti-aging effects on the skin. It boosts energy production, accelerates recovery from exercise and injury, <laughs> reduces your stress and promotes relaxation, and amongst other things, gives you better sleep. That's why first thing wow. in the morning, I'm in front of my Supermax red light panel where I'm doing a meditation to kill two birds with one stone. And I've also become a big fan of Bond Charge's red light face mask due to its anti-aging effects. And it's really good at scaring off home invaders. <laughs> if you're someone who doesn't leave your health to chance and you want to take control of your health with all the amazing benefits of red light therapy, nobody does it better than Bond Charge. Wow, that is a trip. Synchronicity, guys, I tell you. Bloody hell, it just never ends. All right, what have we got here next? Now, this is what's coming up on the Outside of Normal this Saturday. So I'm going to give you a little sneak preview of what's coming up from Uncle Oz. We're going to delve into the realm, or I am, <laughs> pretty much, uh, is Project Bluebeam. That's right. For those that haven't heard about it, you're going to. And for those that have heard about it, you're going to enjoy it for sure. Project Bluebeam is a conspiracy theory that originated in the 1990s. According to the theory, the United States government, in collaboration with NASA, is planning a massive false flag operation in which they will simulate a second coming of Christ or extraterrestrial invasion. Mm -hmm. Using advanced technologies in order to establish a new world disorder. The theory claims that the project has four stages. Stage number one. The first stage involves use of technology to create earthquakes, UFO sightings, and I'm not going to tell you any more. I'm going to leave you in suspense to the others and more of that. That's what's coming up on Outside of Normal, 1.30 Australian Adelaide time and around about, I think, Yidinky, 7 o'clock Russell's time, which would be in... I always forget his name, in the cotton fields in America. <laughs> Put it that way, in the south. Oh, somewhere around Carolina, I guess you could call it. Check us out, guys. Or listen later, you might get something out of it. Yeah, that's right, Carolina. Thanks, Paul. Oh, Paul, no, he's just up the road. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. Oh, wow. That's going to be a good show, Paul. I hope you're around, mate, and catch it live with us and enjoy the moment. Yeah. I haven't even put nothing together yet. That's it. <laughs> so I'm going to be a busy boy tomorrow. You know what I'm like? I'm a, such a procrastinist, man. I tell you what. But when I'm put on the spot, look out. <laughs> I'm on fire, man. Yeah, good stuff. And I, I enjoy seeing you there and everyone else. We're getting some good turnouts, man. It's been really good. It's been a good crowd. Okay. Um, the World Economic Forum. 
Now, this is interesting. You have to accept the World Economic Forum is a fanatical political organisation that uses fear manipulation like COVID. Can't, can't believe they got away with airing this. Now, listen to this, guys. This was actually on Fox News, dropping some truth bombs. Check this out. Joining me now is Ned Ryan, America's CEO. Ned, great to see you tonight. It seems that the goal of uh, this crowd is to, to kind of create the same panic about climate change that they successfully created around COVID. Do I have this wrong? No, you have it correct. I mean, first of all, we have to accept the World Economic Forum is a fanatical political organization that uses fear and manipulation like COVID hysteria, like the hoax of global warming. Oh, this goes for a minute and 20 seconds. I like to do that because then people, if they're not interested, they can skip. It just makes the show a bit better for everyone, you know, instead of sitting here, what's this going to win, what's that? Okay. To really facilitate people thinking that somehow they're the saviors, but really all you're doing is helping them accomplish their goal, which really is a global public-private fascist movement and fusion of big government, big tech, big money to create a technocratic ruling elite, which conveniently is them. And really, Laura, if you want to look at it a different way, too, with the World Economic Forum, they want to create feudalism 2.0 in which we are serfs and they are the lords ruling over us. You'll, you'll have nothing and be happy is one of the, the things that comes out of Davos. That's what they're aiming for. They're aiming for feudalism in which we are serfs and, and we should be happy that they are, are ruling over us. All right. Now, I'm just going to go off topic here a bit and ask Paul in the room a question. Paul, is Russell coming on tonight? I know he didn't have one today, I've noticed. Is he going to come on after my show or that you know of, or is he out completely? Because even old man's not on after this, I've seen. He usually comes on about an hour and a half after mine. Sometimes Russell jumps in before and after. Not sure. Okay, mate, just checking if you've heard from him. I hope he's all right, man. It's not like him to not make a notice. Yeah, I hope everything's well. Don't have to get into it, personal issues and that. All right, we've only got a few minutes left. I'll see if I've got a quick one to throw in here, guys. Um, this is cryptocurrency system using body activity data. Okay, this, this is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is working a cryptocurrency system that's connected to the digital passport system and blockchain. What could go wrong? That, this little monkey's got his freaking hands in everything, hasn't he? How many of them is there? He must have bloody clones all over the damn place. Shit's the, the, the title is Shit Just Got Real. Okay, this goes for three minutes and then I'm going to take it out. Okay, with a song, we'll see how we go. Six, has just eight. released Ooh. their guiding document okay. uh, for a digital vaccine passport, a digital vaccine certificate that is blockchain based. So it's going to be connected to blockchain Unreal. and cryptocurrency. And of course, this is funded by none other than. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundation. Remember when we thought it was a conspiracy theory to tie all of them together Jeez, and saying they're all in, in on this uh, conspiracy together? Well, it's no longer. They're out there in the open. So when we also said that it's going to be a problem if you try to buy or sell and you don't take this mark, this jab, um, we were also tossed in the crazy category. But this is actually true. This is actually happening because people are trying to fake their passport because, God forbid, they want to actually keep their job or have their children sent to school without getting the jab. But that's not going to be uh, able to happen anymore. You know, those people selling fake IDs in Tijuana, this isn't going to actually go through because they're going to make sure that you are tied to your currency, blockchain, 
Um, and it is going to be a QR code that everybody must have. And basically in order to buy, sell, et cetera. Wow. What a mess. What a mess. They're into everything, guys. You can actually find the whole thing on that at, um, it's called patent, P-A-T-E-N-T, scope, all in one word, dot W-I-P-O dot I-N-T. The, I've the, 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 um, yeah, the shutdown moment now. So it's, um, the show's about to end. Thanks for joining, guys. I really appreciate you coming along and enjoying the show with me. And, um, yeah, I'll catch you again. What's tomorrow? Friday night. Yeah. Same time, Friday night. And, um, yeah, see what else I've got lined up for you and then see us on Saturday, um, for the outside of normal show about Project Bluebeam. You all take care out there and, um, Ela Kesh, and I'll catch us next time on Strange Days Broadcast. There is no doubt about that. Thanks for joining me, guys. I appreciate it. Catch us next time. Damn, you're right, Sue. It's Friday today, isn't it? Holy hell, I've done nothing. Thank you, Sue. Wow, I'll see you tomorrow, guys, if you can hear me. Holy shit. I guess I'm not sleeping tonight. <laughs> I've got some homework to do. Damn, I'm a day out of whack. Oh, Sue, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I would have missed it. What a trip. Holy hell, I can't believe it. I just took my date and I thought, no, no, no.